be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. Welcome to the Romantic Truth Podcast. You may also visit us at romantictruth.org or on Facebook at Romantic Truth in the search. Now, without further ado, introducing Jorzen, the host of Romantic Truth from our studio in Las Vegas. February 7th it is, 2022. Let's get into it. Now, ghosting. That's something that people hate to happen online. It's a sense of rejection. Say you're used to rejection when the person does it to your face, like we normally would in any kind of social gathering. Things have changed now. People are rejected online, but here's the thing you have to understand. It's not personal because these people do not know you. It's not like you're in mingling in a bar at a meetup or something like that where the person doesn't really care to be around you. Because you got to remember, you're a virtual person to these people and they're virtual people to you. So you don't really know them. So this is not rejection in this context. You don't know nothing about these folks. They don't know anything about you. You're chatting with them. And say you're chatting with them, then all of a sudden they ghost you. Don't linger. Don't hang around. Don't mope over it. Give them about 72 hours to 48 hours to 72 hours to respond. If they haven't responded in two days, go ahead, unmatch, keep going. You have to be cautiously optimistic. person who isn't, Oh, well, if they tell you something like, well, I only come on this app every blue moon, that means that that meeting someone through this medium is a low priority for them. You don't need them. Move on. Because here's the thing you got to remember. What do people do with behavior, with routine? They complete the cycle. So there may be another long period of time before you hear from them again. From them again. So by them telling you that, what they're doing is letting you know, hey, I don't come to this app that often, and nice to know you, nice to meet you, but I'm going to stick with what I was doing before. Don't hold your life up for them. Don't anticipate or wait for them to respond. 48 hours, that's it. Go live your life, do the things you need to, check back. If you don't have a message from them, clear your inbox, delete them, and move on. Now... Another thing I would tell you as well, you should not take this personally by them not wanting to communicate with you. You don't know these people. They don't know you. This is all virtual. A rejection is actually when you have met someone and then you realize the two of you can't really get along. They don't know how you look. They don't know how you feel. They might see a picture of you, but they don't really see you in the real form. You know, it's like when you order something from Amazon and it looks good, and then when it gets there to your house, and you're like, damn, this is it? It's the same way when it comes to this kind of dating. So, you have nice, lighthearted conversations, that kind of thing. But understand one thing for sure. This is in no way a judgment or an indictment on you and who you are just because that person did not choose to pursue dialogue with you. There are other people out there waiting. And this is part of that process, but you have to do it in moderation. No more than two, 20 minutes to one hour at a time on dating sites or apps. No more than two apps active at one time for your dating. I'm telling you, if you go more than that, you're going to exhaust yourselves. You're going to try to remember what conversations you were having, that kind of thing. Be very careful on lead-on conversations. Lead-on conversations are when these people are trying to ask more of you than they're revealing of themselves. So where do you work? How much money you make? 
do you own a house? All of these questions, they don't deserve an answer. You don't know them like that. You tell someone that that you know, that you face to face with after you've gotten to know them a little bit. It's none of their damn business. So you have to keep it in that perspective. Because even though some people are using this in order to screen and filter out people, if they've been online too long, they will start making this a lifestyle. Now, when I was out there for those 30 years on the dating scene, that was a lifestyle for me. You had differences, you had challenges, you had a lot of things you had to deal with. But the thing was, you were dealing with people in real time, humans, not a virtual screen. So it's a big difference. Body language, all these things you could observe, syntax, the way they speak. You don't know how they speak when they write. So you don't know what you're dealing with. Now, they'll try to convey sentiments and those kind of things. But be very mindful. If they start asking too many probing questions while you're texting, such as, so what are you, how old are your kids? What are their names? Where do they go to school? That's none of their damn business. So exactly where do you live? None of their business. You could tell them probably the section of town in which you live in, that's about it. Don't go into any details about that. See, the whole thing is, not to give up too too much information at this juncture because if they're asking more leading questions to you then you are asking them take for instance they ask you where you live and then you ask them and they're dismissive and they go and change the conversation to something else don't even waste your time just go ahead and unmatch don't try to figure them out I'm telling you, you waste your time with them because you have a lot of scammers out there. You have a lot of people that are dealing with emotional dysfunction who are out there online, and this is their sense and their form of entertainment and amusement. They have no intentions of being in a relationship with anyone. Some of them can't because they're so bogged up with all of their mess that's going on. You don't have time for it. Now, They may want to keep you online. They may want to do things such as uh, try to make it where you have a routine where you contact them every night at a certain time. Usually scammers will do this. Other people will have it where you can leave a message and then you get back to them whenever it's appropriate. Usually I'd recommend you correspond back with them within 24 to 48 hours if it's, you think it's a legit person. Anything longer than that, they're going to lose interest. That's the way it goes. Now, a lot of people will contact you from different countries and say that they're from certain countries. Classify them immediately as a pen pal if you don't have any intentions of meeting them. Let them know, oh, yeah, well, we can you know, message each other every once in a while. There is no need to go on WhatsApp unless you're going to establish a friendship with these folks. And they're going to do video and audio conversations. Again, approach with caution. I personally don't like using WhatsApp. Even though I have a WhatsApp number, I hate using it. Because a lot of people will say they're in the U.S. and they're not. And it ruins the dating experience for a lot of people. So, the one thing you want to do is to make sure that you're talking to someone that's where you are as far as in the United States. Preferably within your region. And these scammers and fakes will try to go and say that they're in Las Vegas, for instance, and they could be somewhere in Nigeria. You could tell by the syntax, the way they write, that many of them, because their language skills and grammar is going to be off. 
And so they may say something like, happy good morning. They may say something like, uh, yes, I just got off of work, as if they're trying to identify with you. Now, here's the thing I want you to keep in mind. They may say that they've gotten off work, and if they're local and they live within your region, and if it's 12 o'clock at night, look at the profile and see what the occupation is. If it doesn't coincide with something that's going to require them to be working at that period, you know right there, that's not the case. If they write you and say good morning when it's 11 p.m. at night, you know they're in another country. They don't have any clue as to what time it is where you are. Just go ahead and block them. Unmatch them. Block them. Don't deal with them. Okay, other things that will come up in this chat. They may ask you for a photo. The answer is absolutely no. You don't send them any photos. Tell them your photos are on your profile and leave it at that. What they will do with those photos is they will take them and create other fake profiles with the information they're gathering from you. That's why they ask all these questions. Because many of these people work in call centers overseas. And they set up these fake profiles and then you have somebody in New Jersey pissed off at you and you live in Montana because they've taken your profile and used somebody and got the money from them. And that person's pissed off at you and they don't know you from a can of paint. And they're like, well, why are you upset with me? I, I didn't put that profile up. And then you'll find somebody in Nigeria or somewhere else did using you as a ruse. Another thing I will tell you to do, make your profile unique. In other words, where it's hard to duplicate. You may want to use some words in it that may be hard to pronounce. Your photos. Have different types of photos. Don't use the same kind of photos because it's too easy for them to harvest those photos and use them for other profiles. Switch it up. Have different ones. Use filters. Those kind of things. That will protect you. Because they know good and well that if they go and try to appeal someone to someone with a whole bunch of filters on the photos, the person's going to ask for an original. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to be, not going to be able to provide it. A couple other things. The reason why they won't talk to you on the phone, they don't do video chat, is because they're going to say that their phone is broken. That's a common lie that they tell. They may say something to the effect of, well, um, my service is bad here. The reason why they're telling you this is because they're not who they say they are. And if you were to talk to them, you'd know right off the bat. So they make up these excuses. They may even ask you to go get them an iPhone card or iTunes card or maybe a Google Play card. The answer is no. Again, as soon as they start going that way, don't even give them any other dialogue. Just go up there and unmatch. If they ask you to go to Google Hangouts, unmatch by default. Don't even ask any questions. Just go on and do it. If they ask you to go on Snapchat, unmatch. See, these people rarely have accounts on Facebook and Twitter. They're not going to ask you to go to those sites because they know good and well that if they're found out to be a fraud on those sites, Facebook will take action and they'll lose their profile. The reason why they don't want to lose these profiles is because they have other people that work in that call center that will come in on another shift in order to work in their place and they're resuming the conversation with you. Now, another thing that's a telltale sign. If they're asking you redundant questions that you've already answered earlier in your conversation, that means that someone new has now got into that profile and they're trying to rehash the information and you're going all over again. No need. Just go and unmatch them. Don't waste your time. Now, this should help you because a lot of people are scammed by this because these people will come in and they will do these things and they're not in your best interest. They're doing it 
for several reasons. One is money. The other, they may have low self-esteem where they live and want somebody to bring them out of that. Or they may want bragging rights in their country to say, hey, you know, I got this boyfriend and so-and-so, I got this girlfriend and so-and-so. Don't fall for it. Never send these people money, cash app or anything. The answer is no, no matter what their situation is. That's not your problem. Okay, we're going to talk more in just a moment. One of the challenges you may have is you go out on the first date and find that you're matched up with the wrong people. And some of you have done this multiple times and not figured out why. The first thing I would suggest to you is to look at your profile. Did you actually convey who you are or who you would like to be? That you're not yet, but where you would like to be in the future. Look, if you're an introvert, don't start writing your profile like you're an extrovert. Oh, I love adventure. I love challenges. And then when that person meets you, it's the total opposite. A lot of us would like to blame the other party, but sometimes it's ourselves that do this to ourselves to sabotage. Be careful of going too far with your insecurities on these uh, profiles. where you go and list all the things that you don't want first, and you have a whole laundry list of things that, I don't want this, I don't want that, I don't want this, I don't want that. When good men see that, they swipe left. They don't even bother, because it means you've been damaged in the past by someone and they don't want to deal with it. Now, another thing too, photos. Ladies, time and time again, I will tell you, along with you guys, first I'll get get on the ladies case. If you're in your late 30s, 40s to 50s, don't have a picture of your son with you in any of your profile pictures. Men don't like seeing other men. They're interested in you, not your son. I know your son is important to you, but he is important to you. This is not a family photo contest. The man will want to be interested in you and then he will meet your son and then you can go and you guys can work on the relationship at that point. But the initial appeal should be just for you. Next, pets. Ladies, do not put those pets in the picture. Reason being, I don't care how much they're your fur babies, you love them or whatever. To a man, what that means is that's a priority over you. Not over him, but over you. Same thing with pictures of children. Don't do it. Even though these are sentimental things to you, you're not representing the kids. You're representing yourself. Cars, things like that, don't put them in the image. You just want something of yourself. Now, it's okay to use filters, but make sure you have original pictures of yourself as well. You can play around with the filters or whatever, that's cool. But here's another thing, your tagline. Don't try too hard with it, with the sarcasm. That's a big turnoff to men. It may be cute and women may love getting someone told by saying something provocative, But for the most part, it's not a turn-on for guys. You want to have something that reflects you. Photos. Again, ladies, if you have all these provocative and sensual photos with you in lingerie or you're in mini skirts and got your legs propped up or whatever, trying to be salacious, understand that that man's going to have the expectation of meeting you and you having that same sort of uh, persona so the way he speaks to you the way he treats you is going to be based on that a lot of women complain about this and this is where we look at the hypocrisy you're being provocative but when I meet you 
you're all of a sudden Susie Homemaker that doesn't measure and we don't take you seriously at that point. Now, you guys, fellas, no pictures with cars. It's been overdone too many times. Nobody cares about your damn car. Guns, leave them at home. Nobody wants to see that shit. Fish, deer, all of these animals that you have killed, nobody cares. That's something that's for you to enjoy. You with pictures with your younger daughter? No. There was one guy in particular that had a picture that someone sent me, this guy, with his 20-something-year-old daughter. What it looked like was an old man with a young girl, a young woman. There were some similarities in their position, in their uh, physical appearance. But for the most part, a woman doesn't want another woman in the picture. Some people I have seen have taken pictures with ex-wives. What are you thinking? No, don't do that. Now, some pictures will display your insecurities. A lady sent me a picture of a guy that she was joking about who had this big-ass four-wheel drive pickup, and he's standing beside it, and his, barely, his head barely touched the top of the first wheel in the car, on the vehicle. And she wrote under there, little man syndrome. And she was exactly right. So you have to be careful about how you present yourself. Very important there. Now, when it comes down to what you put in your profile, make sure it represents you. Don't try to go beyond the scope of what you can deliver. It's very important because a lot of you may do this. If you come across and say something like adventurous bubbly girl looking for casual dating and you treat it as a situation where you're just looking for dating in general, but instead you may be looking for a long-term relationship, they're going to interpret that as, hey, you know what, I could probably hit that. Because you're not stating what you're looking for. You're stating that you're more of a party girl, more of a fun girl. A fun girl, party girl to a man means sex. It means somebody that they, they're not looking at a wife, they're not looking at marriage material, they're just looking at a person to have a good time with. Joke around with. Now, another thing too. If you're looking for a platonic relationship, because some of you ladies will write that in your profile, understand there are not going to be that many men that are going to be attracted to you in that sense. There are only going to be two types of guys who will do this. Guys that just want someone to have a pen pal with and maybe have a cup of coffee with, or someone who's going to try to see if they can sleep with you. That's the way it is. Fellas, don't send these ladies dick pics. A lot of you like doing that. A lot of the dating sites won't allow you to do it on the apps. So don't start. Don't start sending them links to dick pics and that kind of stuff. Nobody's interested in that. Women will tell you that firsthand. Another thing, too. Ladies, if you're going to send men bathroom selfies, some of you do, make sure you have all of your vibrators and dildos and everything put away. So many of you, for some reason, leave them on the counter, leave them on the back of the toilet bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. I say this because I've seen it. On some hands, and they have no clue. Now, another thing too. When it comes down to who you're looking for, you need to be specific. If you start out with physical characteristics, you might find that, 
but you may not find a man associated with it. You may find a guy with a desire to sleep with you. Because he looks at that and he says, oh, well, hell, I meet the requirements on that. She's looking for a tall, dark, handsome man. That's anybody. So you want to be the more descriptive in the character of the person you're looking for. So in that way, you want people to voluntarily filter themselves out to make your job easier to make a choice on the guy that you would like to be with. Now, another factor that comes into play with this is, as well is that some of you may not clearly state what you want and what you're looking for. Oh, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, we'll just date. No. Have an idea of where you're going with it. Also, with the demands, with the must-haves, no more than five. Don't put a list down there where you got stars by them or numbers by them and you're going all the way to 25 or 30. Nobody's going to read that. Nobody's going to read overextended profiles where you start out talking about yourself and then you go into your cat Fluffy or your dog Bowser or something like that. If they wanted to hear about Bowser or see about Fluffy, they would go to a website that was for dogs. They're not interested. They're interested in finding a partner. Same thing with you guys. Don't start talking all this stuff about you got a high performance carburetor in your car and all of this crap. You're deflecting. People want to know who you are. They want to know about you. They don't know want to know what you have, what you own, what you drive, what you live in. They want to know about you. So you're going to take all the material stuff and put it to the side so that you can represent yourself. Because that's what it's about. That's what you're selling. If you can't sell yourself and expect a product or a car or something like that to sell you, you're in bad shape. Especially with your self-perception. Another thing. Ladies, I'm going to let you in on something. You know those pictures you take with your girlfriends at uh, casinos, nightclubs, or restaurants, or whatever, and it's like five of you? I strongly don't advise you to do that. Because a guy may see that and say, Ah, okay, which one is the lady that I'll be looking at? And then you have to go and clarify, Oh, I'm the one in the middle. When he starts chatting with you. And then he may say something like, well, who's the girl on the left? She's really pretty. Oh, that's my friend Lori. Oh, give Lori my number. That's the potential for that happening. Especially ladies with your daughters. Only you in the photos. I guarantee you, you put your daughter in it, Especially if she's in her 20s or 30s. You'd be surprised. Because the guy will go and say something like, Oh, well, I didn't know which one was you. They're, they're doing it as a joke. But some may do it in a way to see whether or not they can go and curry favor with you and find out more about what's going on with the daughter. They'll meet the daughter later if things work out. But initially, putting the things that are close to you and most valuable to you, don't put them in the picture with you. Leave some mystery. I'm just telling you to help you out. Because you never know what someone is thinking when it comes down to that. All right, let's see. Oh, and I've talked about this before. Your photos indoors. Make sure that the pictures that you take inside of your home does not give any descriptive um, information about you, such as college diplomas, that kind of thing in the background. 
take pictures outside, make sure the addresses are not visible. You don't want street signs visible in your photo. Because they don't need to know where you live. It's up to you to disclose that after you feel comfortable with that person and after you've been dating them. Don't give them that information. That's your privacy. If you take a picture by an automobile, make sure that you don't take it with the tag showing. I'm just telling you, this is, these are things that will help you along the way. Because all of these things I mentioned may leave you vulnerable for meeting the wrong guy. Or for whatever that reason is. For a moment. Now, a common thing that I hear from many of the listeners is that the first date is like a job interview. Well, in a way, it is. Because the job is for you to find someone for a relationship. But let's take it back a couple of notches. You know those four categories of questions that I tell you about? At some point, you may want to apply them in the conversation so it wouldn't feel like an interview. So, take for instance, I'll use this as an example. The lady may be, we'll see, Kathy. So Kathy, I want to know about you. Well, what do you want to know? Well, how do you perceive yourself? What kind of personality do you think you have? Well, I think I'm a very outgoing and fun person. I have a great sense of humor, etc., etc., and she can go on with this. And then what you're doing, you're asking them a question in a way where they're not intimidated. And then they may ask you the question, so how do you feel about yourself? Well, you know, I feel great about myself. I have a sense of, sense of humor, great personality, just like you. So that looks like that, that would be something that we both can actually enhance. Now, by saying something like that, what I'm doing is I'm drawing her closer to me in the conversation. So she's not by herself. I'm giving her a little bit more affirmation that, hey, who you are is not that far from who I am. And she'll probably say, so tell me about your family. And then I go and tell her about my family and my background. And I say, and she'll probably go, wow. And then she'll probably say, you know, my mom and dad are this and we're that and we're that. And then before you know it, what you're listening for are similarities. You're looking for similarities in traditions, values, background, those kind of things. And then you can expound upon those things. Because now the conversation's about them. It's not about anything that anybody owns or anybody's driving or anybody's living in. Now, what are some of the buzzkills as far as first dates? So where do you work? What do you do for a living? These are questions that you would ask if you are interrogating somebody. So you want to lay off those. You want the conversation to flow where you can overlap each other. You're still on the who are you phase. Oh, you have an interesting background, Kathy. So, what's your favorite color? What do you mean, what's my favorite color? No, really, I want to know what your favorite color is. Oh, it's yellow. Oh, I see you're wearing a yellow sweater. So, apparently, you like yellow a lot. Yes, I love it. It's my favorite color. I've loved it ever since I was a child. Now, with something like this, you're going deeper into who she is. 
There are married couples right now that don't know their spouse's favorite color. Hmm, that's nice. I love that. Yeah, I love yellow. What's your favorite color? Oh, my favorite color is navy blue. Oh, I said, now think about the combination. Navy blue and yellow. Ooh, we have the navy's color. Again, another thing that brings you closer together in your dialogue. Navy blue and yellow, color of navy, right? And I'm talking about the military branch of service. So what you're doing here, you're seeing all these bonding points that are coming about in the conversation. And so as you go through this, what happens then, you may see that you guys have more in common than you think. And this person's not feeling as though they're being interrogated. Oh, well, that's neat. So far, we have three out of three. Yeah, definitely. So what, what are you drinking there? What kind of coffee are you drinking? Oh, I have a mocha latte. What are you drinking? Oh, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, is good. And then she looks at the label. Oh, you're drinking chai tea. Oh, that's what it is? I just went and told them to give me something that was good. She'll start laughing. She said, well, I see you're not a con- connoisseur of coffee or tea or beverages. Well, you're right about that. So what I've done now, I've exposed the weakness to her. And she exposed the strength in by knowing something that I didn't know. So at this point, again, it's a bonding moment. She realizes she's taught me something. So you go on. Now, a generic question is, what do you like to do? Don't ask that question. It's too ambiguous. It could be a million things. Or what do you like to do for fun? A million things. I would avoid asking that question. So, Kathy, tell me, what's your passion? What do you love to do? Oh, gosh, that's kind of hard to say. If you could do anything in the world, and cost was no object, but something that really burns inside of you that you would really love to achieve or do, Something that you might want to do on an incremental basis. It could be anything like that. Now you got her thinking, oh, wow. You know, I'd like to open up a flower shop. Oh, a flower shop, that's nice. Yeah. Well, if that's a weakness for the guy, he would say something like, well, you know, I know about roses, I know about daisies, but I'm not that... Uh, well-versed on flowers. Oh, well, let me tell you. You have you have this type of flower, you have that type of flower, and this type of flower produces this type of pollen, etc., etc. You got her talking in confidence. Now she feels like she can believe in herself and communicate with you. And you're listening. You found out what her passion was. She's now okay, now... You know about my passion, what's yours? Um, you really don't want to know. Yeah, I want to know. I talk a lot on the podcast. Oh, you have a podcast? Yes, yes, yes. What is your podcast about? Relationships. Oh, God. I said, no, 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 no. I don't bring personal relationships to the forefront. It's all structured. We have to clear everything. Oh, okay. Oh, I must listen to one of your podcasts. Oh, not a problem. So how long have you been doing it? Do you like it? Et cetera, et cetera. Well, maybe one day I could be on your podcast and I can maybe give you a few pointers on women. Oh, no problem. We could do that. By doing this, what she's doing now is in, she's coming into my space and telling me, hey, I want to be a part of whatever you're doing. And by the same token, I'll say, well, You're going to have to teach me about flowers so I'll know what kind of flowers to buy you. Oh, okay. Well, I don't like these, but I like these kind of flowers. 
All right. She said, we'll keep it simple. Again, another bondable moment. As you go down the scale on the conversation, and meanwhile, there'll be other banter, things happening where you are. But the main thing is now you're having a pleasant conversation or you're finding things out about each other and it's not mindless banter. And a wise person is making mental notes about these things. So, Kathy, do you like ice cream? Oh, I love ice cream. Hey, let's go over here to the ice cream parlor and get some ice cream. All right, what's your favorite flavor? Oh, I love Tutti Frutti. All right. What's your favorite flavor? You know, I like lemon custard. Oh, lemon custard. I used to like that when I was a kid. Another bondable moment. What you're doing is you're constantly overlapping each other's interests. But the key is the questions you're asking are questions directly related to that person's interests. You're not going in there trying to dig and find out where do you live? What's your car? What, what are you doing? What do you, what do you do for a living? That kind of thing. You're not doing that. And so she would feel at ease. Now, just by some of the things you have shared with her, guess what she's going to more than likely do? Crack jokes about some of the things. And you'll probably do the same. This is the way we'll go. That's the way a dialogue will go. But see, what happens a lot of times with people when they meet on first dates, expectations are set. And a lot of times they're disappointed because of two things. Either the person that they're with has oversold themselves or the person has kind of gaslighted themselves about the person they're meeting. In other words, someone that's going to be a catalyst of change in their lives. You have to pull it back and see what you're really dealing with. Now, what you're looking for in this particular endeavor is to see how many things they told you about the profile that measured up. So Kathy may say something like, Well, I see you don't have any children. No, why not? Well, I just never found the right woman to have them with. Oh, that's too bad. Well, don't worry. I can still have kids. LOL. And she'll probably laugh. And then she'll go on and gradually insert certain questions about your profile. So have you been married before? Yeah, I'm divorced. Oh, hmm, I've never been married. So what is it like going through a divorce? Uh, it's kind of hard at times. Uh, you're dealing with a person that you love and you got to figure out a way to separate from them and realize that they're not going to be with you for the rest of your life. And it's a tough thing. Oh, really? Oh, okay. In this kind of dialogue... She can ask those questions because they won't be so provocative because the person she's asking them is familiar. And see, by her asking the question, she's already revealed revealed that she hasn't been married. And then she'll say something like, okay, besides podcasting and buying me ice cream, what else strikes your interest? She says, I saw in your profile that you like so-and-so and so-and-so. Yeah, I'd like to do that too. Yeah, I like that as well. And then you guys are going on and you're seeing how you overlap. And they can say, Kathy, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's that? I have to ask you this question. No, go ahead and ask me. Out of all the guys you had to choose from to go on a first date with, why me? because of this, 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 and that. What she's doing at that point is revealing all of the expectations that she had for you. And then you say, well, 
Did I measure up to what you were expecting? Sure. At this point, you'll see. Now, will she probably give me a real answer on that? Probably not. But the thing is, the experience that she's having is not confrontational. It's more of a relaxed, casual type of experience. And see, with that, she doesn't feel intimidated. She doesn't feel like she's on the chopping block. She doesn't feel as though she needs to be nervous, anxious, or anything like that. It's just like she's with an old friend. When you start having that kind of dialogue and that kind of sentiment between the two of you, things work very, very smoothly. And it cuts out all of the red tape. Now, we'll say Kathy and I have had a wonderful time on the date. And she'll say, you know, she'll look at her watch. I really have to go to work tomorrow, so I better be getting out of here. It was a pleasure meeting you. And Kathy, the pleasure was mine. I want us to continue this. So I will need for you to come up with an idea for the two of us next weekend. And I'll definitely do my best, but I'm going to consult you about that so we can work on this together. Really? Yes. You're not going to surprise me? No, because I want you to have, I want to have your input in what we decide to do. Because after all, you're going to be enjoying that experience as well. And I want you to be happy as well as I am. Let me walk you to your car. Okay. And walk her into her car. It's been a pleasure being with you this evening, Kathy. It's been a pleasure likewise. I'll extend my hand to shake it. Depending on how enthusiastic she is about whether or not we have a second date, she may put her arms around my neck, give me a hug. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Well, how will you see me tomorrow? Oh, we'll, we'll talk at least, or video chat. All right. Cool. We go our separate ways. I'll give it about two hours. I'll call Kathy. Kathy will call me. Hey, just wanted to make sure that you made it home. But what I would do first before I would do that is tell her, hey, I'm going to call you to make sure you make it made it home. Okay? I won't be calling you to harass you or to bug you. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. I appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, I'll call you when I get home. Okay? Sounds good. Because what you want to do at that point is to create a sense of caring, bonding. You're letting her know that you care about her and she's letting you know she cares about you. And in this way, she didn't feel under any pressure. She can go and talk to her parents and friends and family about the experience. She has no reservations. But the whole thing is, is where they're comfortable enough where they can be themselves and enjoy who they are. She didn't have to measure up as far as income. She didn't have to measure up as far as her body or anything else. It was about her. It was about finding out about her. And this is the kind of dialogue that will help you. More in a moment. When it comes to dating online and meeting someone for the first time that people run into is when they're worried about their physical appearance upon meeting that person. 
Sometimes you have people who have the expectation of this idealized person because they're in a virtual world <clears throat> in comparison to people they would normally be attracted to. Usually, the person that a person is normally attracted to in the physical world is not as attractive as the person that they may be attracted to online. A lot of aspirations, a lot of hope there. But here's the thing you have to go by. You have to look at it from this perspective. That person chose you because you met the physical characteristics they were looking for. So, when they meet you, more than likely they're meeting the person they would normally be attracted to. They, they would see in a Walmart, at the grocery store, somewhere like that. So, don't put too much focus on that. However, one thing to keep in mind, don't catfish anyone either. You know where you post someone else's picture and try to misrepresent yourself and then you meet that person and that person is gravely disappointed. This is a common practice that some people do. Don't do that. Now, another thing. People complain about not being able to find compatible people in their area. This is something you need to think about. And the way you think about it is by expanding the dating area that would be more suitable for you. Don't just go for the low-hanging fruit. Maybe look at people that are a little bit further out of your area. Give you a better selection, better choice. And understand those new people that are coming into your community there's a good possibility they're inundated by other people. Just pace yourself. Take your time. You're not in any rush. Don't put the pressure on yourself that's not applicable. And I said, you know, you also attend social gatherings. You can meet people that way through friends, family. Don't let social media be the only way and Dating sites be the only way you meet people. You meet people through other means. That's just one vehicle. Not all of the options that you have. And then you won't feel so isolated. You won't feel as though you are more or less doing this by yourself. You gotta remember, there are millions of people out there looking for someone to date looking for a relationship the hardest part is deciphering exactly what they're looking for in particular and getting past those that really don't know what they're looking for but looking for someone to be <laughs> their misery and their company in misery these will be individuals that don't necessarily want to have a relationship they like dating but what they want to do in that process is they want to find a companion who's going to be like they are, a buddy, instead of someone that's actually looking for a partnership. Uh-uh, you don't need that. Because if you wanted just a pen pal, there are plenty of sites you could get that off. You got to hold your standards, stand by your standards, Stand by what you're looking for and not be a hypocrite because you'll get called on that very quickly. Now, here's another thing too. Let's say you had a pleasant first date with that person. Things went well and you're starting to like them. Don't allow doubt to color your judgment. What that means primarily, take for instance you had a series of bad dates earlier, and now you're with this person, and things went well, and you're so used to failing that you're going to sabotage it. Don't do it. Don't even attempt to do it. Because what happens if you're not careful? Sabotaging a relationship may become a norm for you and become a comfort zone. You don't want that to happen because then you'll be what is called prone to failure. 
You don't need to be. There's no need to sign up to fail. That's not your job. Your job is to be successful. Your job is to go forward and be happy. And you deserve to be happy just like anyone else. Don't put yourself in that position where you start feeling as though you're less than or that this is too good to be true. Here's the thing that I will tell you. When people say, this must be too good to be true, that's a red flag. Because what that tells you is they're used to failing. Let them find comfort in failure with someone else. Now, here's also another thing to keep in mind. If things are going very well, and you see that you and your partner are really getting along well, and as you are bonding and really, I mean, communicating, everything is rolling well, the one thing I don't recommend you do, and a lot of you will do it, Don't get the bragging. Don't get to showing off this person to your friends and family because you're still at that stage where you're still trying to discover and figure them out. You want to wait until you have a commitment from that person for exclusivity before you introduce them to family, friends, relatives, etc. I say this because years ago when I was dating my girlfriend, Monica, We met at the bank, we had lunch, and then she drags me to her parents' home, and I met her family. Now, what I didn't know at the time was she had already made a decision that she only wanted to be with me exclusively, without even consulting me about it. And then after I met her family and everyone, She kind of put the onus on me as far as the guilt to say, okay, I introduce you to my family, I like you, I pay for lunch, all these other things. What more can I do to exemplify that I like you? Now, she didn't say any of these things, but it was implied. Now, fortunately, I liked her a lot, I loved her family, and I liked the situation she exposed me to. However, It would have been nice if I had a say in it as far as to ask if we were exclusive. So here's the thing, ladies. When the two of you make that turn on the corner of being exclusive, things will change in the relationship. That partner is going to try to seek more equity, just like you're going to try to see, seek more equity from them as well. And another thing that will happen, you may get constructive criticism. It's okay. If they can see things that would benefit you, they're doing that in your best interest, and vice versa. But you don't have to do it tit for tat. Make sure that it's something that's valid that would really help them. Because that's going to make things better for the both of you. And it just takes a little time to do it. Now, one of the hardest things after you've got the relationship going, you've got your trust going, things are going well, some of you worry about it dying or having lulls in the relationship. Where it's like you get on the phone and you're talking and then all of a sudden you don't find too many things to talk about. Understand a couple of things here. Depends on the kind of person you have in the relationship with you and their personality. There's some people who don't know how to communicate effectively talking with them they might be gun shy because they may not have the vocabulary they might not have the confidence to represent themselves so they might just go and stay silent 
But one thing you want to always do is to reassure your partner that they have just as much right as you do to communicate, to express their feelings. Because that's important. You want to get them away from self-doubt. Self-doubt is the worst thing in the world you can carry with you in a relationship. Because the whole thing is to avoid that black hole called depression. That's where you don't want to go. And so, you want to have meaningful dialogue. But you want to also have it in a way where the two of you are conversing. Just like your old friends. You know, there have been times when I would go into a club and I'd see a lady that I really think is very attractive. I'd just start talking to her. I'd just say, hey, how you doing? Oh, fine, thank you. You need anything to drink? Because I'm ready to go over here to the bar. And by the way, welcome to whatever club it is. Oh, um, no, that's okay. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right. And I go to the bar. A few minutes later, she'll probably walk up there. Yeah, I think I'm going to have that drink. You told me you didn't want to drink. I should let you die of thirst. Jokingly. And she says, okay, my bad. And then she'll tell me what she want. Then we'll start talking. And I'll say, so how's everything going in your life? Oh, everything's going pretty cool. And then I'll make an assumption. I'll say, so how the kids? How do you know I have children? I don't know. I said, I just pulled it out of my head. Oh, they're fine. By doing this, I'm breaking the ice. But I'm also trying to customize my approach with her so she can feel comfortable with talking with me about things. This particular lady had two kids, recently divorced, and she was worried about her job. And so we got into a conversation. She told me, she says, yeah. She says, they're laying people off on my company like left and right. I said, oh, well, what's your specialty? Oh, well, I do this and I do that. I said, okay. I said, well, why don't you do this then? And I gave her a company website. And I said, why don't you apply there? I'll put in a good word for you at HR. But you don't know me. I said, I know, but I don't think you'd disappoint me, would you? No. This lady got hired. She got promoted, I think, three times before I left the company. Did very well at her job. She just needed an opportunity. But what sold me on her was her personality, the way she interacted. It wasn't this awkward thing where you had to go and see a million things in order to have a conversation. And that's what you do with people at times. You just start the conversation. Or sometimes they'll start it with you. I remember one night, this lady told me, she says, uh, excuse me, could I ask you a question? I said, yes. She says, you're the only man I've seen wear a Breitling watch beside my husband. I was like, well, I like Breitling. She says, huh? She says, I think that's very, very stately for a man to wear. Oh, okay. Thank you. We started a conversation, and whew, let me tell you, she had a lot of things to deal with. But one thing I'll admire her for, she still kept who she was intact. She still had a nice personality. She still was friendly. She was not bitter. She was in a very bad marriage. And she was telling me, she says, you know, she says, if I get out of this, I'm going to take my kids and we're going to Hawaii in two weeks. 
and I'm going to have some fun. She says, I'm going to revert back to my childhood. I'm going to do cartwheels on the beach. And she was going on with what she was going to do. And we kept in touch. And a couple of months later, she said, well, I petitioned for divorce. She says, so I'm going to give me a sundress and get this and get that. And she says, if you happen to be in Hawaii, that's where I'll be for the next two weeks. She had a wonderful time. But here was the thing that I admired about her more than anything. She knew it was time to leave the marriage. And she told me, I can't let this part of me die because I want to save this part of me for my children. She divorced. We went out a few times, had some fun. And then she was going to move back to North Carolina with her family, which she did. But she was a very pleasant person to know. We still keep in touch to this very day. And sometimes along the way, everybody's not meant to be your girlfriend or your boyfriend, but they're meant to be good people that will evolve into being good friends. Well, folks, I thank you for listening, and I'm about ready to take my happy ass to bed. So I want you to have a nice and wonderful evening. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.